Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 82 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. My sincerest gratitude to you if you are taking time out of your day to get better and improve your life. The name of today's episode is the five types of brain waves. And what I wanted to do, I've always been a little bit curious about this and lately read a couple of books and did some research on the different types of brain wave states that we experience and then also how we can understand those and how we can use those to improve our cognitive performance, improve our life quality, improve our health overall. So what I'm gonna to do today, again, I am not a scientist by any means, but just gonna be breaking down these different brain states, what they mean to us, and the simple fact of us being able to understand them can help us improve how we work on altering these different states and what we can do in order to manipulate them and be in control of them so that we get the desired outcome for what we want whether that's to be more productive, whether that's to get better rest, whether that's to meditate better, whether that's to have better relationships. If we understand the state that our brain is in and the electrical activity that is taking place within our brain, we can better ensure that we are going to be moving forward and creating a better life for ourselves and the others around us. So, Wanted to go into that a little bit. What I'll do first is kind of explain what brain waves are. I'm going to break down the states and then I'm just going to talk about why it's important to understand each state and kind of the benefits we can derive and draw from, from there. But before I do that, I want to let you know about the exclusive Facebook group we have right now, and that is called the Enlightened Masculine Fellowship. If you want, I will have a link in the description of the video and as well as the podcast to go over and join that group. But basically, it is a group of like-minded men that are working on self-development, trying to improve their physical fitness, their mental fitness, and their spiritual fitness, which is what I'm all about. So if this type of content resonates with you, if you enjoy listening to me talk about how to make yourself better, especially in terms of your body, mind, and spirit, head on over to the group. It is pretty cool. We've got, I think, a little over 30 to 40 members there now, so some really cool people in there. And I would love to have you in a forum where we can discuss more and I'm doing, be doing a lot of cool stuff, some giveaways and different things with the group. So again, if you want to take your podcast experience with NeuroEdge and Hunter Williams to the next level, head on over there. So let's get into it. So what are brainwaves? So brainwaves, we can think about them like this. Our brain has billions of neurons and each individual neuron connects on average to thousands of other neurons in our brain. So kind of like if you ever see those diagrams of a social network where it's connected to all these different parts and pieces throughout the brain, that's kind of how our brain looks. If you've ever heard the term neural network, it's these neurons that have little nodes that are all connected together. So I've always thought that's pretty cool when you look at it, it's kind of a model. But communication happens between these neurons through small electrical currents that travel along neurons and throughout enormous networks of these brain circuits. When all these neurons are activated, they produce electrical pulses. And you can think about this as a wave rippling through the crowd at a sports arena. Uh, synchronized electrical activity results in a brain wave. So if you can kind of think about it, everything that takes place in our brain is this wave of electrical activity. And if you think about it and break it down, this is kind of what Nikola Tesla talked about with his more uh, wave electric view of the universe rather than the Newtonian paradigm 
having things as solid state matter. Our brain is always in motion and there's always these little synapses in our brain that are signaling, sending electrical signals to each other to do certain things. And it's kind of cool when you think about it because everything that we do as a person and our actual consciousness itself is created from these neurons firing and communicating back and forth each other with each other in our brain. So the actual reality that we experience comes from all of these firing within ourselves. And the reason I wanted to do this episode today is because our reality, our reality around us is literally the electrical synapses in our brain. We process data from the outside world and it happens in our brain and then we interpret it and we have emotions and feelings and uh, health, all these things, our thoughts and everything going on around us. And so if we can understand these a little bit better, it's going to help us in real terms, create our better reality for ourselves. But think about these things as always moving around, always pulsing. There's always electrical activity going in our brain as long as we are alive. So when many neurons interact in this way at the same time, the activity is strong enough to be detected even outside of our brain. So the electrical activity that is going on in our brain can actually be detected outside of the brain, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It makes you think, wow, how cool it is to be a human. Just set aside all the attachment to your ego and everything going on in the world at any given time that we may be experienced, which I am no stranger to myself. But just take a moment, breathe in, breathe out, and think, wow, I'm a human and inside my mind there is electrical activity going on that can actually be measured tangibly outside of my brain and outside of my skull. But what you can do is place electrodes on the scalp and uh, this activity can be amplified, analyzed, and visualized through what is known as an electroencephalography. I probably didn't say that right, but it's more easily said as EEG, which you've probably heard of, and it just means an electric brain graph. Um, fun fact, the encephalon, the brain, is derived from the ancient Greek, enkephalos, meaning within the head. Um, but one way the EEG brainwaves convey information is their rate of repetition. Some oscillations measured on the scalp occur at more than 30 cycles per second, and some even as up to 100 cycles per second. So these cycles, which are also known as frequencies, are measured as hertz after the scientists to prove the existence of electromagnetic waves. So again, all of these things that are taking place in our brain, the way we measure them is through these electromagnetic waves that we define as hertz. And we have these little cycles that we can measure as the waves themselves. So we looked at it this way. Brain waves can be really condensed out into five different types, each of which correspond to a Greek letter. And I'm going to get into this as we'll see different brain waves correspond to different states of thought or actual experience, which I've always thought is pretty cool. Change the brain wave state, change the experience. And as someone that has been an athlete for a lot of my life, and especially when you get into really intense forms of exercise, whether that's through just pushing yourself really hard, extreme heat, extreme cold, anything like that, your brain actually changes state. And I've always been fascinated with this. I didn't realize it as much when I was younger, but your brain actually goes to a different state and you're in this zone where time doesn't really go at the same speed that it normally would. And when you're really engaged in a sport, and if you're an athlete, you know what I'm talking about. And probably if you do other pursuits where you get into what is, a lot of people will call a flow state, you're in this experience where time doesn't move at the same pace as it seems to in the rest of your life. And that's because your brain state is different. But what 
can be taken from that is how we experience reality is a result of the brainwave states that we have. So that's something I've always been fascinated by and you almost get addicted to it is in the sense of being an athlete because you get to push yourself and you get to that point where your brain, you almost like hit a second wind and you get to an elevated state of consciousness where things just start to slow down and it's really powerful and empowering. But anyway, um, there are a bunch of different ways to analyze these brain waves. Many practitioners uh, exist in a field called neurofeedback. And what they do is again, divide these brain oscillations into five categories. Some of the brain oscillations are more easily detectable on specific parts of the scalp corresponding to the parts of the brain. Um, there are many specialized regions of the brain which cor correspond to different thought processes, thoughts, and sensations, and particular oscillations often reflect distinct regions and networks in the brain uh, that communicate back and forth with each other. So depending on which region of the brain is activated, it could cause us to be in a different state depending on what's going on, whether it's sleep, awake, meditation, whatever's going on there. So let's get into it. So Different patterns of brainwaves can be recognized by their amplitudes and frequencies. Again, brainwaves are then categories categorized based on their level of activity or frequency. So it's important to remember that brainwaves are not the source or cause of brain states or experiences of our own minds. They're just one of the detectable reflections of the complex processes in the brain that produce our experience of being, thinking, and perceiving. So again, they're more of a reflection. They're not necessarily the cause. So I guess the cause, that's something that could be debatable and has been debatable for hundreds of thousands of years is what causes consciousness. But the brainwave states are going to be more of a reflection of the electrical activity that's taking place in your brain. Um, so slow activity refers to a lower frequency and high amplitude, uh, which is just the difference between the two peaks of wave. And these oscillations are, are often much larger in amplitude in terms of wave depth. I uh, think low, the deep beat of a drum, and fast activity refers to a high frequency and smaller amplitude, which is just the difference between the waves of the frequency. And uh, think about that as like a really high-pitched sound. Um, but to get into the different ones, we'll go from fastest to slowest. So on the fastest side, we have gamma brain waves, and the frequency of this and you probably don't have a baseline if you never looked into this, but this is going to be the fastest. Uh, gamma brain waves, their frequency is between 32 and 100 hertz. And the associated states with gamma brain waves are heightened perception, learning, and problem-solving tasks. And I think that's something, especially if you're much more of a numbers person that you can probably associate with, I know, as someone that enjoys math, enjoys numbers, and things like that, that I know when I'm in this type of state because my brain is totally focused on solving a logical perception, learning, or something like that. And even when you're reading a book about something that you enjoy learning about, think about how your brain is tuning out everything and is totally focused on that one thing. Um, and I think this definitely in terms of an evolutionary sense makes sense because we had to do things in order to solve problems. So our brain had to adapt to be able to block out distractions in our world in order to find food or build a house, build shelter, find clothing, things like that. So um, I definitely think there, you look at a lot of these, there's a component to us that helps us survive as humans. But gamma brainwaves are the fastest measurable EEG brainwave and have been equated to heightened perception, 
peak mental state where there's a simultaneous processing of information from different parts of the brain. So think, think about this as the brain firing on all cylinders at any given time. And they're all, again, working in one pursuit, one common goal of that heightened perception and peak state. Um, gamma brainwaves have been observed to be much stronger and more regularly observed in very long-term meditators, including Buddhist monks. So wanted to draw this back to the point of meditation, and I've really been trying to work on my meditation lately. Um, when you are able to control getting into that state faster, you are going to allow yourself to enter into these peak mental states and states of heightened perception much easier. And again, that takes years and years and years of practice. However, if you can develop the skill to do so, man, the ability for learning extra and extra perception to be, you know, on guard and have a heightened perception of what's going on around you and being that in tune with reality is something that's really powerful. And again, why we see in Buddhist monks, long-term meditators, people that have worked on this for years and years, um, they're able to get into this state easier and also maintain it over a longer period of time than people who don't. So again, your brain is a muscle just like anything else that you should be working on. And it's pretty powerful um, to be able to get into gamma brainwaves. So moving along, the next state is going to be beta brainwaves. And this is a little bit slower. These are anywhere between 13 and 32 hertz. And the states associated with this a little bit more normal. So they're alert, normal consciousness, and active thinking. So if you think of gamma as being in the zone where you're just on and you're on fire and your brain is clicking on all cylinders in pursuit of one common goal, this is a little bit more relaxed, but you're still engaged. And again, these are beta brain waves. So think about things like active conversations where you're just talking back and forth with someone, uh, making decisions, you know, what am I going to eat for lunch today? Solving a lower level problem. So, hey, which which way should I go to work to avoid traffic? Focusing on a task. So just doing something at work that you're familiar with, but don't necessarily need to get amped up to do. Learning a new concepts. So not necessarily being 100% engaged, but just kind of going through, learning something, taking your time. So this is going to be a little bit more heightened and probably what you're in for most of the day, if you're at work or you're engaged in task, you're not necessarily in the zone because it is hard to be, quote unquote, in the zone for long periods of time. But you're engaged and you're thinking and you're awake and you're alert. So why is this so important? Well, it's important to understand what we are going to be in for much of the day. And again, it's going to be this beta brainwave state. And it's important to recognize that for what it is and know that that's part of being a human, but also not to get stuck in this and understand that there are states beyond this that we can access and tap into through meditation. Again, not good, not not good, not bad, but it's just what we're going to be in as we're kind of going through our day-to-day -day lives as humans. The next one, slowing down even more, is going to be alpha brain waves. Uh, so think about this as physically and mentally relaxed. And this is something I think we definitely need to work on as humans. I know myself included. I'm going to be working on trying to slow my brain down. I think with the technology that we have in our culture today and the onslaught of information that is out there, it's easy to get caught up into always being addicted to the next bit of information that we're getting. But um, again, alpha brain waves, 8 to 13 hertz, physically and mentally relaxed. Alpha brain waves are some of the most easily observed and were the first to be discovered. 
So they become detectable when the eyes are closed and the mind is relaxed. They can also be found during activities such as yoga, just before falling asleep, and being creative and artistic. Now, why are these important? Obviously, if you're someone that is engaged in creative pursuits, which I think everyone is, regardless of if you think of yourself as an artist or not, everybody is engaged in creating something. You're either a creator or a consumer. And I think most humans are going to be happier as creators and engaged in some creative pursuit. Uh, but also think about, I don't know if you've ever done yoga. I'm a regular practitioner of yoga. Once you really start to get into your flow of yoga, so not at the start, but you get into 10, 15, 20 minutes of doing yoga, your mind kind of relaxes and you're going along and you're, you're much more open to perception and open to things around you of what's going on. Also, just before falling asleep. So you're not asleep yet, but you're laying in your bed and you're kind of dozing off. So you're in that in-between state where your brain starts to slow down. And again, this is important because during this state, our brain is very impressionable. We want to make sure during these periods that we are impressing our brain with the things we actually want it to go. And think about this as writing your hard drive. You want to make sure that when you're putting the data on your hard drive, when your brain is most impressionable and most susceptible, that it's something positive. So if you're falling asleep watching TV and it's something that maybe is a violent TV program or something that just calibrates really low on the scale of consciousness, Think about that and think about how it's writing your brain's hard drive. So again, this is going to be more of the relaxed state. What you want to make sure is during these states, so again, times where you're trying to be creative, you're about to fall asleep, you're doing yoga, something like that, where it is much slower than your day-to-day -day life, where you're not in the zone, but you're also not in working activities. Try to make sure that you are feeding it properly and doing it in the healthiest manner. So next is going to be Theta brain waves and slowing down even more. These are going to be between four and eight hertz. So this is the state of creativity, insight, dreams, and reduced consciousness. So think about this as the weird twilight zone, the in-between land that uh, we can access, that you have dreams. And obviously dreams are real because it's taking place in your brain. And then you get up and it's not necessarily real anymore. But this is where it really starts to slow down. And according to Professor Jim Laga. Lagopoulos of Sydney University. Previous studies have shown that theta waves indicate deep relaxation occur more frequently in highly experienced meditation practitioners. The source is probably frontal parts of the brain, which are associated with monitoring of other mental processes. Uh, most frequently, theta brain waves are strongly detectable when we're dreaming in our sleep, uh, but can also be seen during deep meditation, daydreaming, and when we're doing a task that is so automatic, the mind can disengage from, i.e. brushing our teeth, showering. So we're doing something that's really rote that is allowing our brain to wander and get into a state. Have you ever just been thinking and then thought, where did the last 10 minutes go? Because you were so deep and lost in thought. That's going to be the theta state. So you're not, you're, you're much more relaxed than you are in the um, alpha brainwave state, but it, it's kind of getting into that point where it draws the 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 difference between dream and reality gets blurred a little bit. Um, so thought that was pretty cool. And again, how important it is to be able to meditate and access these different states of brain waves uh, because of what it allows you to do in the creativity and the intuition and the inspiration that you can develop from really slowing down and uh, just helping with your um, 
ability to access those. And research has also shown a positive association of theta waves with memory, creativity, and psychological well-being. So again, I think it's part of being a healthy human that we access these. Finally, and the slowest is going to be delta brainwaves. So this is between 0.5 and 4 hertz. This is going to be actually sleep and actually dreaming. So whereas theta is more of the daydreaming and dreaming where you're kind of in between reality going back and forth, uh, delta is going to be sleeping and dreaming. So these are the slowest and they're strongest when we are enjoying restorative sleep in a dreamless state. It's also the state where healing and rejuvenation are stimulated, which is why it's so crucial to get enough sleep each night. So again, accessing these is going to be crucial for our regeneration and our health in order to sleep and recover and everything like that. And this is where we are so sleep, we're knocked out, you don't know what's going on around us. So obviously we're alive during that point, but our brain is shut off into Delta. And again, the reason it's important for this is because we wanna make sure that we're getting that restorative sleep and making sure that we are allowing our body a chance to recover. So uh, kind of close it out. For decades, practitioners have engaged in training programs that are intended to reinforce the brain states, which produce increases in the brain uh, oscillations and decreases in other types of oscillations. The most common example of this is called neurofeedback, uh, which can utilize an EEG. So neurofeedback practitioners and clinicians find that immediate direct feedback on brain states, whether in the form of sound, light, or even a video game, can produce underlying changes in behaviors and brain states that are reflected in brain waves. So this feedback seems to accelerate the learning process by making brain states more apparent to the recipient. And another important discovery in the history of neuroscience is the significant differences in brainwave characteristics of highly experienced meditators. So expert meditators have resting state brainwaves from non-meditators. They also seem better able to control their brainwaves through voluntary thought control with greater ease than others. So I want to close that out with just reinforcing the effect of meditation and how that can help with our brain states. Again, the better we can control our ability to go back and forth between these states, whether it's the gamma of our peak mental state or it's down to delta in our slowest state when we're sleeping, if we can ensure that we have a good balance between these states and we're maximizing our time out of them and whether that's to get creativity and inspiration or whether it's to recover or it's just to be a better performer at your job, understand that and understand to have the presence of mind and know that your brain has these different states and we need to be conscious of what's going on in our brain. Again, you don't wanna be stuck in that alpha brainwave state the whole day and not tapping into some of the benefits you get from the gamma brainwave state or the beta and theta one. Interesting to say the least, not something I'm an expert on, but love doing research on this stuff and getting to know it better. So again, if you have any sort of feedback or this helped you at all or whatsoever, we're gonna take any sort of active practice to do meditation so that you can better access these brainwave states let me know. Give me some feedback. Again, don't forget to join the group. The link will be in the description and I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.